Welcome back to another episode of the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast. Today, we are jumping into a topic that is not talked about much in this industry, and it's net worth, and specifically how we can create long-term cash flow out of the commissions we earn each and every single day. Here we go. Welcome to the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast, where we have real, raw conversations with industry leaders, finding out how to connect, support, lead, and ultimately make an impact and drive results in the lives of your agents. I'm your host, Nathan Daniel, and welcome to the show. All right. Well, like I said, today we're talking about a topic that is not covered much in our industry and it's net worth and how to create long-term cash flow out of commissions. And we have a guest today joining us, Mr. Kevin Brenner with Nimbus Capital. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hey, Nathan. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited uh, to to talk about this conversation today. And uh, I've actually been a part of a couple of uh, calls that that you've been leading recently, and it's really been blowing my mind. So thank you for that. Hey, yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, I made it a goal a couple months ago to reach a thousand realtors and brokers with this information, and I think by proxy I've crushed that already. But I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> well, you're absolutely going to do it because our listeners are going to blow this up and share it with, of course, like other brokers and everything, but also their agents as well. So thank you for coming on and talking about this today. And I know I really quick, I want to shout out Katrina Abdullah with the locker room. She's one of one of the partners over at the locker room. And she uh, she was the reason that we kind of got connected. Right. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Katrina. Thank you for that. Uh, but but tell us really quick. I know uh, you're with Nimbus Capital. You said you had a goal to reach a thousand agents. But tell us who is Nimbus Capital and what do you guys do? Yeah. So so Nimbus Capital, that's my private equity firm. I launched the private equity firm after um you know, being in the multifamily space and the real estate investing space. So by trade, I'm a professional real estate investor. I raise money, I deploy it into, into projects, money comes back, everyone's happy, right? That's that's at the base of what we do. And I saw a lot of my friends who were realtors, who were brokers, and I saw just this roller coaster, you know, a, a crazy amount of success followed by a massive drought, followed by success, like, you know, it, it, and, and the spending habits and and the, like everything that they teach you in finance and wealth creation, it's just like not applied to this group of people. And I don't know why, because if these if this group of people who are many are highly successful, if they would apply these principles, they could do so much for themselves, for their business. They can actually get, get into a place to actually run a business and and do that thing that we always as business owners and entrepreneurs, we want to do. Right, Nathan, it's like you work on your business and not in your business. And I feel like a lot of brokers out there feel like they're constantly working in their business. And by doing that, they're stuck with a job when Mm -hmm. they want to, when they started their brokerage or they started this path so that they can lead others and they could kind of, you know, get passive income, right? Like that's what everyone wants. Yeah. So, um, you know, long story short, I, I launched Nimbus Capital and, and what we did is we launched a fund model. So it's called a, a hybrid real estate fund. And, and what we do is we aggregate capital from a whole bunch of realtors and brokers who are qualified to invest in these projects. Most of these brokers are in the single family side, like many of your listeners, right? Mm-hmm. But what we do is we bridge the gap to all of our commercial partners who are doing large multifamily, think big time apartment complexes, 100, 200, 300, 500 unit apartment complexes in Houston, Texas. Those, they need money. And they're raising what's called pref equity or preferred equity and we go and fill in that capital stack. So without throwing out too many complex terms, what we do is we aggregate the capitals together from these realtors and brokers. We present it 
and and, and we put it into the fund model. And then the fund goes and invests on our investors' behalf into all of these different deals. The returns come back and it's fabulous. Okay. Well, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, that description. So, and I know, like I said, I've been, um, really tuning into this recently, um, as, as you've been teaching us and stuff. And so, um, let's break it down a little bit because I know there were some financial terms thrown in there, but what I got from that is you're, you're basically coming in and you're helping agents, you're helping brokers, um, collect funds to go invest in multifamily commercial type properties, right? Typically something that we all dream about doing and we don't really know how to get there. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, a big problem, uh, with, I call it a pain point, right? A pain point for realtors and brokers out there is y- y'all are heads down. You're heads down on your business. You're heads down on getting leads on whether it's prospecting or referrals or whatever. You're you're doing what you do and that's what you love doing. But it's important to one, track your net worth every week to know exactly where you are and set goals you know, that are quantifiable and you can reach them uh, every quarter to say, I want this net worth at this quarter and, and all of this stuff track it every single week and figure out ways to convert. Like I said, and when we were talking last, convert the inconsistent income, that is your commissions, the the inconsistent active income into the passive dependable income. And a one stream of passive dependable income is something that we offer for brokers and, and, and realtors out there who invest. It's, you know, being a limited partner in a hybrid fund model, you are completely hands off. Okay. you get you you bring the capital to the table, and in return, you get the majority of the returns. Interesting. All right. So I want to go there here in just a second, but I want to go back to what you just said because I'm not sure a lot of people do this. Track your net worth weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of conversations that that I have um, with my partners um, and and a lot of brokers across the uh, across the industry. Right, listeners, right now, how often are you checking your net worth? Are you doing it monthly? Are you doing it at all? Do you have any system for doing that? Um, and I know, you know, I've heard of great programs out there to do this. Do you have any specifically that you recommend that are simple yeah, and easy? To yeah, use? super simple, super easy. My wife and I use Mint. We okay. use Mint. Uh, it's it's run by Intuit, the people who, who invented QuickBooks and all of that stuff and all of their software. Mm-hmm. Totally free. And like anything, it takes a little bit of discipline, right? It automatically links to all of your accounts. We have it linked to, you know, our personal accounts and stuff. And obviously I have accountants and stuff that do the business side of things, but mm-hmm. what I'm most, you know, my, my, my various businesses and stuff and, and our personal stuff, and it links to those accounts. We can track our spending. We know, and once you do it for a couple of months, it's AI starts kicking in and says, Hey, we noticed that you spent this much on gas this month or this much on that. And you could create budgets and do all this stuff. But the cool part is on the net worth side of things, you could put in all of your assets, customize your real estate, your cars, your whatever, blah, 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 all the stuff that you own. And then you could put all your liabilities in and it spits out, hey, this is what your net worth is. And then let's track it over time. And that is something, I mean, it takes 30 minutes to set up. Yeah. So take 30 minutes, set up mint if you want to. And what I'll actually do, um, we've got, I've got a little spreadsheet. Um, so if y'all want the spreadsheet, put it in the comments or something like that. Uh, drop it in there. If you want a spreadsheet, I've got an easy Excel spreadsheet too, that you can just kind of quickly put stuff in and, and review that. So I think tracking your net worth weekly, uh, is extremely important. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about, uh, before we kind of get into the funds and the commission and the, the stream of income is you hit on something too about agents keeping their head down. 
And, you know, we see it all the time. They're, they're focused, they're going out and they're chasing that next commission. They're chasing the next deal because honestly, right. It's business and we got to get paid. Right. And we've got to go out there. That's why we're doing this business, right. Finances, freedom and flexibility. And, and, and what we see so often is kind of what you're hitting on. People don't look up and next thing you know, 10 years, 12 years, 15, 20 years have gone by and they haven't invested it all in themselves with the commissions that they've earned. Mm -hmm. So this is, it's an opportunity and it may not be for everybody, but it's an opportunity to create some passive income that's hands off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I'll say for your listeners out there, you know, you, you may be a broker, you may be in the business for a while. Like I said, you might be new, you might be a new agent, doesn't matter. The key to wealth, I will tell you now, the secret to wealth, if you have a pen and pad, you're not driving and you're not in the gym or whatever, write this down or commit it to memory. The key to wealth is developing multiple streams of independent passive income. If you can develop multiple streams of independent passive income, that will fund your lifestyle. So if that, if all of those streams are, you know, whether it's your crypto or it's your stocks or it's your passive real estate fund investing, or it's your multifamily or your rental real estate, whatever those, those streams are, when they are funding your lifestyle, that ultimately gives you the freedom to choose which clients you want to take on, what, how many houses you want to sell. And it gives you the, 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 you know, it, that it lights that fire within you and says, Hey, I like. I like selling real estate because I love selling real estate, not because I'm living escrow to escrow and I need that dollar. That's going to change your mindset. It's going to change how, uh, how passionate you are about selling real estate. And it's ultimately going to make your business much, much better because people who are passionate about their jobs are happier and you attract more clients that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So, so let's dive in a little bit into the process. Okay. So we've talked about the fun and, uh, and high, like high level, what mm -hmm. it is and everything. But if, you know, I'm a broker and you're talking to me for the first time. How are you educating me on this? Like, what are you, how are you advising me to start exploring this, investing in this and really doing my research to find out if it's a good vehicle for me? Yeah. And, and you, you touched on it right there. It's a vehicle. It's one of many, you know, like I said, what we offer at Nimbus Capital and, and the fund is called Stratus Fund One. What Stratus Fund One offers is one stream of independent passive income for you. Now, when I talk to, you know, uh, potential investors or new investors or brokers or whatever, it, you got to look at, you got to talk to, talk to these folks and, and figure out, okay, what is it that you need? What is it that you are looking for? Because I can, I can either provide it or I cannot provide it. And if I can't provide it, I'm going to refer you to someone that, you know, that I know that might be able to help you out because that's how this industry works. But, you know, most brokers and stuff uh, and, and folks that I talk to have uh, a couple problems. One, uh, they're making a lot of money and they don't know what to do with it because if your money is sitting in your bank account right now, it's losing 5.1 to 5.4% annually due to inflation. Mm -hmm. So if your money is sitting in your savings account right now, you are actively losing money. So you need to understand that. That's why the wealthy are always investing and turning their money into different projects. Always, 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 always. So if you want to be wealthy, you got to think wealthy, right? Think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill. So, um, you know, I talk to the folks and and find out, you know, a lot of the times, yeah, we're making a lot of commissions, we're doing well, blah, blah, blah. What should I do with this? The other the other pain point is taxes. So you have to think about a, a tax efficient investment opportunity. Mm -hmm. Stocks are not tax efficient, right? But real estate is. And by investing 
uh, investing into a real estate fund like we have, or just investing into real estate and owning rental rental income, you can start tapping into depreciation. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, you and I talked about that at, at, at nauseum and probably too much to go into here for this podcast and maybe a, maybe a follow on. But effectively, when you invest into a large commercial property, if you're if your listeners are familiar with depreciation from they might have a couple rentals going on right now and their accountant says, oh yeah, we're gonna get this depreciation. And it's a, it's a couple thousand dollars each year. Great. What if you can 10x, 20x, or 30x that number by investing into larger properties? Because larger properties also kick off an insane amount of depreciation. Talking, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars And as, a, as an investor in a fund that purchases these, guess what? You get to partake in that because we are a private equity fund. Private equity means private ownership. We own a slice of that asset. And because of that, we get to partake and pass it down the line. Y'all get to partake in, in, in that depreciation. So yeah. it's a twofold. It's the cash flow and it's the 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 tax the you know the tax efficiency from depreciation. So at the end of the day, you're getting quarterly distributions and cash flow. And oh, by the way, you're reducing at the same time, reducing your tax liability, which means you're gonna pay less taxes. Mm-hmm. Well, and we, and we talked about that too. It, it was, uh, talking about the depreciation thing, which is huge, right? Especially if you're producing and you're looking for a way to reduce that tax liability, right? Like there's, it, it's, it's, you're not actually working the system, right? It's not illegal, right? If you do it mm-hmm. the right way, right. And you stay within the guidelines, it's okay. Right. And that's what you're saying. Encouraged. The wealthy do, right. It's encouraged is what the wealthy do. Um, one thing that I, I also like that you just said, it's cash flow. Right. So out of this type of investment, you will receive some passive cash flow. And you said quarterly there. Mm-hmm. But what I know also about the space, like the multifamily and commercial space that I've researched over the years, is that typically the holding time is not what I would normally think. Like you think you buy a, you know, 100, 200 unit apartment complex, I'm going to hold that for 20, 30 years. But that's mm-hmm. not normally the case, is it? No. No. So uh, the average uh, time, that, that these assets trade hands, it's about five to seven years. So every five to seven years, these are trading hands. And your listeners might be like, well, why would someone buy something and, and get rid of it in five to seven years? It's because it's how their debt is set up when they when they purchase the asset. And uh, ultimately, the, the, the most popular, I would say, methodology to forcing appreciation into these assets is called the value add play. And it's, it's you know, you can do it with a single family home, a duplex or whatever, but it's just doing it at scale. So you go and buy a 1980s asset, um, you know, a, a class C plus asset in an emerging market that people are moving to and you get all the debt and you raise all the private equity and all the stuff to do all the renovations and stuff. And you, you know, you, you make the interiors nicer and you put a playground in and you put some grill space and you know, whatever you do all this stuff, mm-hmm. you raise the rents and by raising the rent, $50 a month on a hundred units that raises the value of that property by over $500,000 on a, on a pretty easy cap rate. So you can imagine that. What if you raise the rents $300 per unit, mm-hmm. you know, and that this stuff is happening all the time, especially in these markets where, where we and our partners invest in, you know, Indianapolis has a, uh, we just purchased an asset uh, out there, 140 units where it has a, <laughs> Uh, rent rent growth of uh, 11% year over year because everyone is flooding to Indianapolis from cities like St. Louis and Chicago 
because there's more opportunity there. They're chasing mm-hmm. better opportunities. So people are moving, the rents are going up and, um, you know, it, it's just how the business is conducted. Yeah. Well, and after that period of time, right? So all along the way, you've got the tax depreciation over, let's say that, let's say a project does go five to seven years. You've got tax right. depreciation over that five to seven year period against your, your, your normal income, right? You're also getting cash flow every quarter from mm-hmm. those rents, you know, and I know I put the little hashtag or disclaimer down there. Results may vary or whatever you want yeah, to call yeah, it, yeah. But, right? right? <laughs> but, but, but then you also have this other thing. So like when you go to sell that property or the, the project is sold, you're also recouping mm-hmm. your investment and whatever the gain is with the ownership, correct? Exactly. So, so to kind of put this in perspective for your listeners out there, if, uh, if you're a broker out there and you're qualified to invest, and I'm sure we'll touch on that at the end of this, but if you're qualified to invest, um, and, uh, you're, you're what's called an accredited investor and you put $50,000 into the fund right now, the fund is at the fund level is performing at a nine, 9.09% cash on cash return, uh, 22% IRR, which is your, uh, individual rate of return. And, um, uh, got, we're at two point. 2.46 equity multiple. So that means that every dollar you put in, you're getting $2.46 back. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the projects that we look to invest in are performing at those levels, right? So if you invest $50,000 in it, you can expect every quarter to get about three to $5,000 back in cash flow. And at the end, when the project sells, you're going to get your quote unquote big check. Mm-hmm. And none of this stuff accounts, you know, you're also getting the depreciation along the way. So every yeah. year you're going to get a big tax write-off. Now the kicker for brokers and realtors out there, which is really, really exciting, is the real estate professional status. And this is something I ask brokers and realtors, I go into a room and say, hey, how many of you are real estate professionals? And they all raise their hands. Well, I'm in real estate. I'm a real estate professional. No, 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 no. How many of you are real estate professionals within the eyes of the IRS? There's a special status that if effectively... Uh, for many people who don't have W-2s, it's really hard to get with a W-2, but if you materially participate in real estate, real trade, or business, which mm-hmm. you guys are selling real estate and you materially participate in a couple investments along the way, maybe a duplex, single family, you do some property management for your assets, and you can catalog 750 hours a year, not that much when you think about it a year, all you got to do is catalog that, you'll probably qualify, you got to ask your certified tax professional, I'm not that guy, you'll probably qualify as a real estate professional. What does this mean? This means that you are able to take all of the depreciation and apply that big loss you're getting from these fund investments against your your active income, which Mm -hmm. is your commissions. Normal people, if you got a W-2, Nathan, you can only apply $25,000 of depreciation, which sounds great, but if you're a primary investor in a large asset that's kicking off $300,000, you're leaving $275,000 of depreciation on the table. But if you're a real estate professional, you can take all of that. This is how people, I was talking to an investor yesterday who worked in tech for 25 years and was paying 51% in taxes, worked in Silicon Valley, was paying 51% in taxes. And the last two years, he's paid 0% in taxes because he has transitioned to a full-time real estate investor. He has many assets and he's getting all of this depreciation. Wow. Okay. So lots to unpack. Lots to unpack with that. Um, so what, 
Okay, so one thing I heard there: get with your CPA, find out if you're a, oh yeah a, a real estate professional according to the eyes of the IRS. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know that, go ask your CPA. Right, go ask your CPA. And if you don't have a CPA, go find one. Yeah, um, that's super <laughs> important, especially if you're going to start playing in this in this world. Um, from there, also finding out if you're an accredited investor and what that definition actually was, and you broke that down for us. And then um, from there, like really exploring, like, is this a, a good opportunity for us? Like, is it a good, good space for us to start playing? Right. Um, now I know you, you've got some great materials and, and I know you have a book or like a, mm-hmm. a, a pamphlet that you actually sent out. It's like 23 pages, which is awesome content in there. Um, where can somebody go to find that information if they want to research this a little bit more? Yeah. So, uh, check us out online. Uh, we have full website, uh, www.risewithnimbus.com should be on your screen right there. R I S E W I T H Nimbus N I M B U S.com Nimbus capital. Um, and then, uh, or just shoot me an email. Honestly, it's Kevin at rise with Um, one thing I would like to clarify if we have time, Nathan is to actually go through that definition of accredited investor. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to ask to say. If there's anything that I haven't asked today that I need to. Yeah, because this is, is, this is, so this is, this is really, yeah. really important. So real quick, guys, uh, if your listeners out there and you heard me say accredited investor and you have no clue what that means, this is it. There are, Technically, there are like five ways to qualify as an accredited investor. And what this is, is a guideline driven by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, who regulates my world. As a private equity firm, they are all up in my butt. And they should be because they're the regulatory you know, that's, that's what they do. It's the feds, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to play by the rules for the fund that we have. We can only accept investors who are quote unquote accredited. What does that mean? There are, so there are five ways to qualify as accredited, but the two most popular ones I'm going to go through in the next minute here. So okay. if, if you have a pen and pen, write this down. There's two main ways. There's the, there's the income test and then there's the net worth test. So the income test says that if you are an individual who makes at least $200,000 per year for the last two years with a reasonable expectation of making that in the future. And it, it's just $200,000. It, do, it doesn't matter how your take home. This is before taxes. It's just, if you can prove $200,000, right? Uh, if you're married, that number is $300,000. If you file your taxes jointly, then you're an accredited investor. So if you, if you meet that income, boom, you're accredited or many other folks uh, pass on the net worth test. The net worth test says, if, and this is why I say track your net worth. If you're, if you have a net worth of over a million dollars, not including your primary residence, and some of you might be like, oh my God, a million dollars. If you have a lot of real estate assets or equity in businesses, or you own your brokerage and you know, guys, you might be on paper millionaires. You might not feel like it right now, <laughs> but you might be on paper millionaires. And as long as it's not including your primary residence and you could prove that, boom. You're an accredited investor. And what that does is it opens so many doors from an investment standpoint to you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the best deals are reserved for accredited investors. That's just a fact. So, you know, it's kind of messed up, but it's like, this is how the rich become wealthy. And, yeah. you know, it's not doing much for the wealth gap in this country. However, it the, those guidelines are in place to protect the investor from, from being taken advantage of. Well, and that's that one final question. And then we're going to wrap this up and I'm, I'm throwing this at you. You brought that up to protect the investor because there is risk with this, but I asked you this the other day, what is really, what's, what's the risk in this type of investment? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, so every, every investment, no matter if you're investing in Bitcoin or you're investing in stocks or every investment carries risk. Uh, in our space, we are private 
equity. We are not publicly traded. And because of that, we, you know, we are regulated in a certain way, but we have more freedom to write the rules and all of this stuff and, and how our investors and how we accept investors and blah, blah, blah. The risk of, of, you know, being involved in these deals, if you're involved in one deal, say, and that deal goes sideways, you know, any number of things happen, your money, your, your money's at risk. Mm-hmm. One thing that the fund does to hedge the risk or lower the individual investor's risk is remember we're an aggregate we're taking capital we're putting it in a pot and we're in all different types of deals so all six seven eight of our deals would have to totally blow up for you to lose money and you know i can't say that there's that that's not going to happen i hope it doesn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah right right but you know like you're lowering your risk by being in that fund model as if you just invested in you know your neighbor's deal and that goes sideways because he doesn't know what he's doing so so by investing in, in a fund like this, make sure you're doing your research, see how diversified that they are. Because like you just said, you're actually not going into one singular project. You have multiple projects that you're working mm-hmm. where that investment is then spread out. Exactly. So I like it. Okay. All right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for pouring in us, into us today about net worth and how to create long-term cash flow with our commissions. Uh, again, we've been talking to Kevin Brenner with Nimbus Capital. Uh, check out their website, risewithnimbus.com. Also go down in the show notes. I'm going to put mint.com and all, like I said, the spreadsheet and everything else down there. Of course, uh, Kevin, all your information. So uh, if somebody wants to connect with you, uh, they can, but man, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure, Nathan. Let's do it again. All right, for sure. Talk to you later. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the channel. For more information, tools, and resources, go to www.brokertobrokerpodcast.com. And always remember, be you and be real. We'll see you on the next episode.